Coming up on the WAC Podcast, not one but two teams from the Western Athletic Conference heading to the NCAA Baseball Regionals. We're going to talk with Grand Canyon University Vice President of Athletics, Jamie Boggs, as the Lopes come away with the Commissioner's Cup. That and a whole lot more coming up on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Uh, We are back from Mesa, Arizona from the WAC Baseball Tournament. New Mexico State. Who saw that coming? The Aggies were the four seed out of the West Division. Got in the final week of the regular season. They had been riding a losing streak. Yeah. Go to Utah Valley, win two out of three to get into the tournament. Then all they do is smoke everybody. They went 27 to five in the four games, no losses, going to the NCAAs. I mean, okay. Now, I won't, I don't want to get roasted <laughs> by New Mexico State here for not believing in them, but when I was preparing some different storylines, I was like, okay. Two and Q, I get two storylines going. Well, next thing you know, New Mexico State just winning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to dive into I this mean, team. This is insane. They and gave they gave you some storylines right away. The bus broke down. Yeah, not once cow. but twice on the way from Las Cruces to Mesa. Not even the first time that season that the bus broke down. I think the Aggies should not drive along what, what, the highway. I, I tend to. Yeah. yeah. They uh, then they also they they had some illness go through the team. Yeah. Uh, they, they were missing some key players. They had injuries. Didn't matter. No. Didn't matter. Mike Kirby, let's go. His gravelly that voice. Is a riot. They are. I mean, I was sitting in their dugout. Yes. Like they are insane in a great way. Yes. I mean, they just seem to forgot have so to bring much the sombrero. Fun. I know. I talk home up about the home run sombrero. And what do you know? They hit a home run and. I'm looking for it, and it's not there. Whoever – I'm looking it up on the stats. Who was responsible for bringing it? That's it. <laughs> now, you did have an opportunity, as you mentioned, to go on the dugout. You were the yeah. dugout reporter. Got to see all eight teams' dugouts. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. What, was it what you expected? Was it – I understand there's swamp coolers in the dugouts, yeah. so that makes it rather nice in terms of when it's 100 degrees outside in Mesa, as it can be in this time of year. Oh, yeah. Pleasant in in the dugout, and also you said some people, they, they have food in there, some they, you know, they have all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I gotta shout out all the, all the coaches for allowing me to kind of be in their dugout in their personal space and just observe what was happening. I mean, you know, shout out to Mike Kirby for, you know, allowing me to nibble on some of the snacks <laughs> that New Mexico State had in there, but, uh, you know, it was a very cool experience because, you know, you get to see, you know, okay, a team's down a run. Okay, who's that guy that's like the catalyst? Who's gonna get everyone hyped up, you know, when when teams are really suffering and you still see, okay, where's that energy? And then they go out there and you see some guys make some great plays and the dugout's electric again. And, you know, Pablo Cortez fixing New Mexico (laughs) State's fan. I mean, what can't that guy do? I guess. I mean, the the guy and and he came back. So pitch game one. Yeah sensational best game he's pitched all year by far what a time to I, I, I don't a think game. he had gone beyond seven <laughs> innings the entire year pitches an eight inning gym 
comes back in the championship and throws two more shutout innings. I mean, this guy was unstoppable. Yeah, no, that was – pitching was a huge storyline for New Mexico State because not only did they have the advantage of keep, like, winning so they didn't have to play through that loser bracket, but they saved a lot of arms with having guys, you know, go those extra innings and stuff. So they had a lot of, you know, fresh arms or arms that, you know, were relatively <laughs> – available <laughs> well one of the things <laughs> about the tournament too so we, we had the four game days which we had not had before yeah so game started 9 a.m long and, and you did some detective work to find out what some of the teams were doing uh for those 9 a.m games as i remember one of the pitchers he usually gets up like at five or four. Oh, that's so right. like 9 a.m was like nothing for him but to be facing you know 92 mile an hour heat from the pitchers, not just from the sun. Oh, yeah. Uh, at, at 9 a.m., I mean, I, I can't even function without my coffee by then, right? Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was Kevin, Kevin Stevens. Stevens from yes. UTRGV, who he has to work out before every game. So when they had – I think they were leaving – the hotel, I want to say around 6 or something to make it to their BP, and he had to work out early, and so they had their SID. Danny was prepared to uh, not go with the bus and drive him if he <laughs> didn't finish his workout in time because, you know, I guess he's got to finish his workout because right. he's got he's to have that routine. So, I mean, that's insane. And, and, and Did he even sleep? <laughs> I mean, what the heck? <laughs> well, and then Kevin Stevens, one of the better, uh, he has the long locks. Oh, yeah. The good and, hair. And, and also Ricky Garrick. Yeah. Junior. He's got some The hair best hair too. in the tournament. I mean, let's After be honest. After he would pitch, you know, he would take off his hat and. It was like <laughs> Thor, right? It was like this mane of hair that he has, this luscious, thick I hair. I need right? to know what uh, shampooing can. What's his hair? <laughs> See, that routine? could have been a live hit right I there, right? I need to know. <laughs> uh, some other storylines we had going. The good luck plant returned. Yes. Uh, the I, 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 I'm afraid the final. Appearance uh, of the good luck plant, perhaps Keith Torres's mom from Hawaii uh, brought it 2019. They had the magical six game run and it became the storyline on its own. And then we see it having its own seat. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that that Sacramento State team, I get that baseball players are superstitious, but like they are they take it to a, another level. They burn sage in the dugout <laughs> beforehand and. You know, yeah, the good luck plant. I couldn't get a whole lot of information <laughs> on it because and the good luck would run out. Would, yeah, so I would try. And it's like you can talk. You, you can't talk about the good luck. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, like you, you can't talk they about. They were like, it, right? we would tell you, but if we lose, you would feel all that <laughs> guilt. And I'm like, wait, don't tell me. I can't. I can't take it. I can't feel the guilt. Well, <laughs> uh, Grand Canyon University. They they were the favorites going in. They wind yeah. up falling in. Uh, they, they played Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian wins, forces the if necessary game. Abilene Christian wins again. So they were another team, four seed out of the Southwest. So the two four, four seeds on four. wind up in the championship. Who would ever thought that? One of the things I liked about ACU, not much of a story behind it, but I liked they get on first base. Hearty handshake. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things of the tournament. Yeah, they said uh, it was just <laughs> they were taking care of business. So it's just it's a business a nice handshake. And I was like, tell me more. And he's like, that's it. It's the handshake. <laughs> we take care of this. I'm like, when did it start? And they're like, that, I don't that's know. That's it. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's not a high five. It's not a fist bump. It's a handshake. It's a handshake. And I, I also enjoyed Mitchell Dixon's uh, mustache. Yeah. And so I actually stuff. got to talk to him in the dugout and yeah. I learned that, um, so he, he grows, he shaves it at the new year. Yeah. And then he 
start start and then fresh. He, yeah, so it's not a seasonal thing. It just and I mean he he grows pretty fast. <laughs> he said so. I mean, it, it so does he put any product in it? Does he? I uh, didn't get that yeah. far. Um, I did. mustache wax, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I got to use uh, Tommy Cruz's. Uh, oh, his slide. oven mitt. Yeah. yeah, his oven mitt after. Well, he hits the walk off to uh, beat Grand Canyon, but uh, obviously wouldn't need the. Uh, well, the, mitt the Tommy Cruz. So with but. Top Gun Maverick coming out. Yeah. This past week, <laughs> and a bunch of guys like my age in the truck. Yeah. Tommy. Every time Tommy Cruz was up to bat, we're like, <laughs> "Oh man, this <laughs> is he gonna? He has a need for speed." <laughs> He's in the danger zone. We're, we're using all the Top Gun references. I mean, what a name. What a, I mean, and then he was a spectacular player during the tournament. Yeah, and he was one that I think he, uh, during that game where he hit the walk-off, I believe he struck out maybe his first three at-bats. And so what a story of, you know, not letting that mentally get to you and coming up and making a big play. And he was also a guy that I, I did notice. He could be very encouraging. He was one of the first to, you know, greet the pitcher coming off after they had, you know, finished their innings. And so just uh, seemed to be an overall kind of hype guy. One of the other uh, great storylines was uh, the Snedeker family. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, GCU, they, they had a transfer. Uh, Cy Snedeker went to Princeton. Actually, we're going to talk more in depth about this story, so we'll kind of like tease this for the next segment. Okay. Jamie Boggs and, and her affiliation with the Snedeker family. But uh, pitching coach for Lamar, son playing for GCU, what are the odds? And then they meet in the tournament. Oh, so that yeah. Was, that was a fun story as well. I'm sure the mom was thrilled. She was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, what do you do? I, I mean, what do you cheer do you... for? Do you you have to sew together a Lamar jersey and a GCU one down the middle? That's right. That's what the parents do when they have kids on the same team. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to the NCAA selection show. Everybody said GCU's in, but you never know right. until they actually say you're in. Yeah. And not only are they in, they're a three seed. Yeah, no, congratulations to the Lopes. They will uh, – let's see they're in the Stillwater Regional Stillwater Regional so and and we we will talk with you know Jamie Boggs but she thinks you know their chances are pretty good yeah. I mean they have I mean uh, I mean, I mean you like the confidence the, of, yeah. of Jamie Boggs because they're playing Arkansas I think ranked number 13 in the country Friday morning and then Oklahoma State is hosting the regional, one of the top teams in the country. But they've beaten Oklahoma State, so yeah. I mean, what they've done in the non-conference slate is they've they've shown that they can definitely hang with the Power Fives, and so we'll see. They got a great freshman, uh, Daniel Avitia, is yes. a pitcher who who has been, you know, he's come up big in in situations. And he, where, and he was drafted by your Cubbies uh, last year, and he decided to go to GCU. I know, you know, Cubs could have used it. <laughs> <laughs> And then also New Mexico State getting uh, the automatic bid. They're a four seed. They're going up to Corvallis, uh, Oregon, to play in uh, at Oregon State. Yep. Uh, they play the Beavers right off the bat. That'll be on uh, Friday evening. I believe that's an 8 p.m. Mountain Time start, uh, depending yes. on how the other games go. But I think that one's on ESPNU. Uh, yeah. So you can check it out on uh on the ESPN family of networks. Yeah, it looks like Ian Mejia will be on the mound for that one, and we saw him in that championship game. But also, uh, you know, they're, it's why not us? Their mantra is, you know, why, why can't we do why it? Why not? So they're going to have the we'll peanut see. butter and jelly in the dugout? I mean, 
I remember Mike Kirby makes the sandwich. They're out of they're out of knives, plastic knives, so he can't put peanut butter on the PB and J. So he uses both types of jellies. Takes a bite, smiles, and goes, "This is good for five runs." And then what do you know? I look up on the board. I don't know inning five, five runs on the board. What I'm are like, the odds? Holy cow! We got to talk about this. Now, one of the crazy <laughs> things that you know when you look at the tournament this year and New Mexico State's unlikely run being the last team in. If uh, if CBU was eligible to be in the tournament this year, Very New Mexico true. State would not have even been in the tournament. So wow, all, all that's these right. all these things that had to take place. Now CBU, in the meantime, while we're having the tournament going on, they weren't sitting on their hands. No, they actually had a series against uh, crosstown rival UC Riverside, and on Saturday night, they win twenty-one to one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so talk about going out. They sweep their crosstown rivals. So they win. They beat Hawaii. How many Monday runs did they score in a single inning? So like. they so they won thirteen to eight, nine to five, twenty one to one. Beat Hawaii on Monday, so they finished the season on a four game win streak. So talk about sending a message to the rest of the whack about yeah, wait yeah. until we're uh, in the tournament next year, guys. But also on that team, Harrison Spawn. Yeah. Named all of How many times do I think I say yeah in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> first team All-American. Yeah, he's actually the uh, school's first. He's the first NCAA Division One first team All-American, All-America selection in school history. And he was our WAC Defensive Player of the Year. He had some pretty nice defensive plays throughout the game. And so he was also part of that. Uh, 37 double plays that, that yeah. California Baptist had this year. And so it was definitely uh, well-deserving. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool for the Lancers. And uh, that will be a lot of fun once they're in the tournament next year. We also have uh, had softball, I believe, since the last time we had the podcast, since we were busy with the baseball tournament. We didn't have a podcast last week. That's right. So GCU making it to the NCAA regionals, falling to UCLA and Ole Miss. Uh, but a great season, uh, first season for head coach Shannon Hayes. So the uh, the direction is definitely pointing up for GCU Lope softball. Yeah, and I mean, against Ole Miss, they get five runs. Against UCLA, obviously a top team, they get a run on. So, I mean, they were putting up some runs. They had some good at-bats, and that's really cool to have a lot of that those those players get that experience and, of course, you know, be on that college softball's biggest stage. Another thing to keep an eye out for here is, uh, you know, it's June, which means all the regular seasons have ended. But as we mentioned, NCAA baseball is going on. But also NCAA track and field uh, will be happening, I believe, next week. So we've had some qualifiers there. So always a fun time to, to watch that. And maybe more so this year than in past years with the addition of the, the new Texas schools. And definitely track and field is one of those sports that's uh, – taking a leap forward uh, with uh, the, the new competition this year. Yeah, certainly. Good luck to all of our people competing in the NCAA Nationals. I think we saw Stephen F. Austin had recently posted about Branson Ellis for pole vault making it, saying, took care of business, check. <laughs> you know, you always like to see it. So we'll we'll definitely be breaking that down on maybe next week's podcast. We'll maybe. see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't want to make any promises here, but uh, – <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that, that does it for this segment. Do we, yeah. Did we talk about the Commissioner's Cup? Oh, did we? <laughs> I don't I don't think we did. Oh, man. That was almost a snafu right there. <laughs> Commissioner's Cup. Well, I mean, that's a great segue because we'll have Jamie Boggs that's right. of GCU in the next segment. But Grand Canyon, congratulations to them. Four out of five. 
Yeah, that's in the pretty Commissioner's good. Cup, and with all the new schools that we just mentioned, Stephen F. Austin finishes second in the Commissioner's Cup. Coming up next, we'll have the Grand Canyon Vice President of Athletics, Jamie Boggs, coming up on the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. We are now joined by Jamie Boggs, the Vice President of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a while, but happy to be here. You know, it's always a good thing when we have you on the podcast, Jamie, because uh, the Commissioner's Cup was awarded this week, and for the fourth time in the last five years, it goes to Grand Canyon University. I know this is something that you guys take pride in, uh, and obviously with the WAC changing quite a bit this year, uh, but still you guys dominated. Uh, what What is it that, about GCU that has you competing in so many different sports and winning championships in so many different sports? And we are very, very blessed to have a, a really a community of support, and it is the GCU community, and I say this all the time. It's it's not athletics that won championships and won this Commissioner Cups. It's, it's Commissioner's Cup. It's the GCU community. Uh, you know, obviously, our, our coaches and our student-athlete and our support staff in athletics, they work unbelievably hard, and that and that's certainly part of it. A lot of it, um, but we also have unbelievable support from our president, from people across campus, uh, the the student body here. I think everyone knows about the Havocs, but their presence during home games is certainly felt, uh, and they're such a big support for us, uh, the student body in general, um, and our fan base. We have the most positive fan base I've ever seen, and you know, you know, this kind of horror stories you hear about. Student athletes uh, getting um, negative things being said about them. That just doesn't happen here. We just have such an encouraging, positive community here at GCU from our president to our athletics department to our fan base to our community and students. Um, I think that's really uh, the secret to the success. It's just all the support we have from everybody. Now, I had the opportunity to visit your campus uh, for the men's soccer championship, got to go to a game, got to witness the Havocs firsthand. So that was a crazy environment. And you know that student athletes want to go to a place where they can win championships and certainly GCU going back to back, winning the Commissioner's Cup. Does that what does that do for your recruiting and, you know, bringing new student athletes to your campus to continue the success for years to come? I think everyone wants to win prospects that come, they want to win. And we have something to show them that we've been able to be really successful in our conference by winning all these championships. Um, it also shows them that we have the support. You, you can't do this uh, in, a, in a vacuum. You have to have support to be able to do this. So I think that also shows that there's investment uh, in, the, in, a, in the athletics program. There's also investment in our individual student athletes. So I think all of that uh, is very attractive to the recruits that we bring in. Our coaches have done an unbelievable job recruiting this year, but they also recruit their tails off. I mean, they are nonstop recruiters in every single sport. Uh, so, you know, I think all of that and showing them the story of GCU and everything that we have here has really, really been a positive for getting some top-notch recruits here on campus. Well, we were just in Mesa, Arizona last week, and not the tournament uh, end result that you wanted there, Jamie, but definitely the result you wanted in, in going to the NCAA regionals, GCU getting a number three seed in this week's tournament. As far as last week goes, it's it's always uh, 
a little different when, when you get to the tournament. Uh, they're they're using a lot of pitching. There's a lot of teams involved. It's just a different environment than the regular season where you guys dominated. But but I'd imagine you, you had to hold your breath a little. Everybody was saying, "Hey, GCU's <laughs> in, GCU's in." But until you get that actual you're in, uh, it, it was had to be exciting for everybody involved with the baseball program. Yeah, it was very exciting. And, you know, Coach Stankiewicz, he is in a, it's funny if you, those who know him, he has a demeanor that is very professional. He's very calm. He's very even keeled. But I'll tell you, he is one of the most aggressive people and most competitive people I've ever uh, had the chance to work with. And, um, you know, so he's always been aggressive with non-conference scheduling. He's done that from day one. And of course, you know, four years ago, our success wasn't quite the same from a non-conference scheduling standpoint. Uh, but every year he'd add, you know, another win and another win to these, uh, to this really strong non-conference schedule. And this year, you know, I kind of think our, our success was, to see, was seen and we were getting those wins, um, even having one of the top uh, non-conference uh, toughest strength of schedules in the country. So, um, you know, I think we felt good about that. Tournaments are hard. Anything can happen at any time. Um, any team can win. Uh, of course, we would have loved to, to have won that, but it just didn't fall in that direction. Um, so, yeah, the, the past week was certainly stressful for everyone. They worked so hard. Um, these guys that just have so much passion and care for for everything they put into the season and we wanted them so badly to get in the tournament so um you know when we were sitting there on on monday waiting for their names to be called uh it was stressful but at the same time it was also one of the most exciting uh moments for our baseball team and certainly uh was a blessing to be able to share that moment with them and we're just so excited for their opportunity here um, in oklahoma now, how cool is that? I mean, obviously, everything that you do is trying to enhance the student athletes experience and give them a chance, set them up to succeed. And then you get to witness, you get to go to these tournaments, you get to witness these guys who have dreamed about winning, you know, college championships since they started playing when they were younger. How cool is that for you to be able to witness these student athletes having these moments that could likely be, you know, a big highlight of their college days? Well, it's a lot of the motivation for what we do. Some days we motivated. Our, our industry, as you guys know, it's a lot of long hours, a lot of hard work. We don't have a five-day work week. We have a seven-day work week. And so it gets tiring, but it's what motivates you to keep coming back is when you see those moments. I mean, I was literally, I was like the mom in tears <laughs> you know, seeing them and, and all of them winning, you know, all of our programs winning championships here, just to see that, to see their, you know, how excited they are. Um, you know, all the hard work they put in and for it to come to fruition with the championships. It's really just one of the best parts of our job. So it uh, keeps us motivated. We love doing it. We love working those long hours when we get to see that um, as an outcome. Well, we always say this is a relationship business and you build all these relationships, all the different stops along the way. And uh, Michael Potter, our outstanding play-by-play -play that we used for the baseball tournament also does some GCU loops uh, baseball as well. He, he had a st uh, story he was talking about with, uh, Cy Snedeker and how part of how we arrived at GCU had to do with both you and your husband and and that you knew his father. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that story, how he went from Princeton to Grand Canyon? A really great story. We have known the Snedeker family for years. It was back in the day when my husband was a uh, an assistant coach, a baseball coach at Duke, and um, his uh, size dad, Sean Snedeker, uh, was uh, the pitching coach for Duke. They kind of got to know each other there. We became friends with their family. So Mary Jane is their, uh, his wife, a size mom, and we became, we became friends. We've stayed friends. Um, they had you know, a great experience at, at Duke, and uh, we've just had a, always stayed in touch with each other. 
Um, so when uh, we knew Thai was always playing, he was always a good player. Uh, we knew we went to Princeton. He's a smart guy, and he's he's really good at math from what from what I remember. But a very smart person, and and went to Princeton. And you know, unfortunately, uh, with kind of the Ivy League's um, policies, uh, he really missed out on I think it was two years of baseball, which is tough. Uh, but he was able to get his degree and and graduate. And kind of that whole, this was a God thing for us. Um, you know, he was looking to, to transfer. Um, he wanted to get that really good baseball experience. And um, his dad, um, Coach Snedeker, who is actually the head coach of Lamar, <laughs> reached, reached out. Um, um, so we kind of made that connection. At the same time, I was talking to Andy. He's like, you know, we kind of need a, 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 an experienced catcher. I'm like, well. I don't know if this is a match, but let me just connect you guys. And so they were connected. It worked out. And what a blessing has been for, for both GCU and for Cy. I know this has been a great experience for him. His parents have really loved and, and he has loved GCU. Um, so, and he's been key in some big games that we've had um, during the non-conference. So everything happens for a reason. Uh, these relationships are long lasting and we're just so excited to have been reconnected with the Snedekers through this whole process. And how cool that Lamar and GCU got to play each other. I'm sure for the mom, that was, that was probably, you know, a crazy experience. I mean, what are the odds that that gets to happen? But, you know, you're, you're the first woman to serve as athletic director in the school's history, just the fourth Asian American AD among, you know, all the division one programs. How much pride do you take in representing that as well as, you know, bringing this school so much success, you know, in this position that, that you're, you're leading. You know, it's, it's funny. I I was, say that I never thought about, um, you know, my ethnicity or my gender growing up because it was never um, a limitation for, for me. It was always presented, you know, my parents were like, you need to compete against everyone. You need to work harder than everyone. It was never, you need to work harder than girls or boys. It was always, you just need to work hard, put your head down, work hard um, and, and serve others. That was always the message. So I never thought about it. Um, and I've been very fortunate to be in places that have always supported me. Um, but stepping into this role, I realized how important it is for others who maybe don't have that, that same experience that I've had uh, to be a representative of whether it's um, a female, um, an Asian, a minority, a working mom, all those things are so important to others that maybe didn't have that support. So I take it very uh, seriously. I try to really um, be someone that they will reach out to and, and be a resource and, and be um, an example of the positive things and the opportunities there are for women and minorities. And you know, we are we are so fortunate to be in a country that really supports opportunity for everyone. And I'm so thankful for it. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I take this, um, I put this responsibility on me. I'm always willing to support. Um, and there's just so many positives uh, in our industry um, that allow women and minorities to be represented and to do some great things and impact our industry. I, I know you're busy, uh, even though it's summertime and uh, people always think, hey, it's summertime, there's nothing going on. And like you said, it uh, ramps up a lot of times <laughs> this time of year. Uh, recently, uh, a coaching search for, for men's soccer. You had Shellis Heinemann for, for many years and he retired last year. You bring in Leonard Griffin wins a, a WAC championship, and then uh, he, he's gone on to, to Cal. So tell us about uh, where, where that stands in terms of uh, your, your men's soccer program now. Yeah, we've, we've had a, a successful soccer program, and um, our coaches have done well. And, of course, uh, <laughs> um, people notice our success and 
like our coaches and then that's part of the industry. Uh, but I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. And we are really excited about the hiring of Mike Krause. You know, he played uh, at a, uh, he came from Creighton that has a long history of soccer success. He played in the MLS um, and he's really been a part of a, a building, um, one of the largest um, clubs in, in, um, in the country. And his training has been at a high level. He's put a lot, uh, put forward a lot of um, major league soccer players. So his his um, background has really been development, um, tactical. He's a, he's a great soccer mind. But what we really like about him, he's been ingrained in the Phoenix community for for ten years, ten plus years. So he knows our community, which is really important to us. He's invested in the community. Um, and he's also invested um, in, in GCU. He's known GCU, he's been here before, uh, you know, we overhired him. He's been to our games, he knows what we're about. And it's just that comfort and, you know, just having someone right in our backyard. Um, so we're really excited about the future right now. The, the feedback has been great about him. He's been a great person to work with. And we think there's great things to come for men's soccer. Speaking of kind of ingrained into the Phoenix, you know, around there, you were born and raised in the Phoenix area and you actually, so you took singing and piano lessons at Grand Canyon. And so did you ever envision that, you know, years down the line, you would be head of athletics, you know, vice president of athletics at the university where, you know, you were, you were taking summer classes at one point. Now, where do you find this hidden information? <laughs> we find everything. She's a good reporter. <laughs> I actually, funny, our, first, our first home here, when, I, when my parents first moved from Thailand, uh, was just like a couple miles from GCU. Um, so that so that's interesting. And, and yes, um, they GCU has had a really good performance program. And so I did. I took piano and singing here. Um, and it, it was a really good school. I, I think I was a good singer. I don't know. Maybe we need to find that out sometime. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I did. And it was it was kind of that same kind of feel, very supportive, very, um, very um, positive community here. In fact, it's just been amplified um, tremendously uh, over the last several years. But yeah, it's just so great to be a part of a university that cares so much about Phoenix and about the community. Um, one of the things about GCU is that when they when our current president took uh, President Mueller took on the role here, he really wanted to make sure that we were invested in this community. We added, uh, we wanted to invest in more jobs, invest in the people here, add more jobs, invest in safety, uh, beautify the neighborhood by participating in Habitat for Humanity. So there was all these things in place that were really um, set up to help support this community, um, tutoring, things like that, and helping the, the local uh, students here. So um, to be a part of a university, um, that is so invested in the place that I grew up in, it's really a blessing. And I'm, I'm really proud of what this university has done and all the great things that has happened in our community. Well, one of the great things that's happened is uh, the baseball team and the NCAA regionals for the second year in a row. They're, they're in Stillwater. They will play Arkansas. We record this on Thursday afternoon. They'll play on Friday morning. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing that. So best of luck to the GCU Lopes. And, and I know you'll be cheering for them, Jamie. I absolutely will. I'm really excited about this weekend. So are they. And I hope everyone tunes in and supports their WAC member and our baseball team. So thanks for awesome. having me on. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Jamie. That is Jamie Boggs, Vice President of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com dot com.